the King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the Premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You're listening to Lee Carson, Newcastle Hunters Home Rugby League. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. We are getting deep into the season and unfortunately COVID is rearing its ugly head on many fronts and taking chunks out of our competitions, but we soldier on. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Chris McPherson, and I'll be joined shortly by my co-host, Josh Spiegelman, to take apart his Statsman of the Week from the games that did go ahead last week, as well as looking ahead to this week's NRL. We'll also be fortunate enough to pull apart a little bit of the Denton Engineering Cup ahead of this week's Tui's new Bar TV sports match, the round between the Curry Bulldogs and the Macquarie Scorpions. We'll be joined by Macquarie Scorpions, uh, Mr. Mr. Utility, Mr. Versatile, Matt Moon, who will uh, take us through what's been happening out at the Scorps, how their lower grades have been performing, as well as having a look ahead to that big game and also giving us his thoughts on the other bumper clash between West and Central. It's also remiss of me not to have mentioned already our great partner who gets us over the line with a number of our awards that we're going to give out at the end of the season. That is Smart Artist and Johnny at Smart Artist. Uh, he's an absolute uh, icon to have uh, in terms of involvement with the program and also the work that he does with his shots of the local games and promotion of local events as well. Uh, if you do have an event that you need to promote or an event or sports match that you want some photographs of, Johnny is your man. Just reach out to Smart, uh, Smart Artist on Facebook and uh, he'll be able to hook you up there and you can check out some of his great work, including his work with the Maitland Pickers. Uh, he's done some stuff with the Woodbury Warriors, Maitland United, and uh, also All Saints College in terms of football as well as a number of other events. So check him out. Um, of course, the other thing that's coming this week, it's been delayed a little, is our grand final of the People's Club of the Region. So we'll have that up uh, later this week and it'll be voting open for a week. Will it be Cessnock or Stroud that gets the job done? Cessnock will have him warm favourites, but undoubtedly the Raiders will be backing themselves for the upset win there. Um, and yes, of course, we will dig into Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League tonight too. We're going to do two competitions. We're going to look at the NAIDOC celebrations at Northern Hawks are carrying out as part of their 19th reserves. And A-grade will be joined by their A-grade skipper, Joey Griffiths. And uh, then we'll also delve into the B-grade as a doubleheader of the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League this weekend with uh, Corey Baker from the Windale Eagles off the back of their uh, gallant win over the Swansea Swans in that local derby to Lakes United feeder club. So uh, an absolute cracker that one was. And he'll talk about Windale and their hopes for the finals and the charge they need to go on on the run home over the remaining rounds. We'll also talk COVID and uh, pick apart anything else we can. But again, sit back, tune in, enjoy, and here comes all of your local league coverage with League Castle. All right, we're back to kicking off the show in the usual fashion. Now, we don't have a name in the ilk of Charlie Haggett to kick us off, so returning to his rightful spot at the top of the show is... None other than my guru of a co-host, Josh Spiegelman. Welcome back, Josh. Thanks, Chris, mate. I don't know if it's a rightful spot, but I'll take it. Oh, mate, uh, while, you're in, while you're in podium position, just keep holding on. You know, you got pipped last week by Charlie, uh, you know, and as we showed during the week, he's uh, he's got some uh, real runs on the board to have earned that number one spot. So uh, just, you know, your default uh, isn't quite the same, but take it nonetheless. Yeah, well, mate, and that was a great listen last week. Very informative by Charlie. So, yeah, great work there. 
Hopefully we'll get him back on and uh, listen to his uh, take on some of the footy towards the final season series, uh, hopefully in a non-COVID-affected series. Uh, we, we now know, before we get into last week's impacted round, mate, we're going to be another round looking like being COVID-impacted as well. We'd expect, based on the fact that New South Wales had already bumped this week's games off, uh, saying that if teams didn't have an opportunity to train, they didn't want them playing straight away. So it looks like with an extension of seven days, Lakes, Wong and the entrance will be another round of COVID-impacted matches with COVID draws. Yeah, mate, disappointing news. But, um, yeah, I guess for the best, um, obviously being in Sydney, I'm right in the forefront of that lockdown. So I'll miss Origin, which is coming to Newcastle. Um, great for the city. Um, obviously, I'll, I'll miss it. But, mate, I, I think you're going, so that's exciting. I'm doing what I can to get tickets, mate. I will uh, sell my bodily fluids or pretty much anything else I need to do to get there. So we'll wait and see. But uh, let's try and keep it reasonably PG. Um, let's let's have a look, mate. Uh, we got you, we've got you here for one main purpose each week. And the first one of those, uh, your primary that you get on with every week is as the stats man. And uh, for those clubs that haven't uh, had the chance to deal with you, uh, you are available to uh, have a chat with them about the services you can provide. They can reach you via the show or via your own uh, social media, Josh Spiegelman. So, uh, mate, uh, only two games for you to pull apart. So, undoubtedly, I'm sure you've picked them apart in great detail and you've got some uh, in-depth stuff for us, as you always do. But, um, again, this is this is all possible. All of our three awards that we'll be handing out at the end of the season, the $100 cash and the $100 to the charity of the winner's choice, all thanks to yourself, the stats man, and obviously our great partner, Johnny at Smart Artist, who... You know, if you've got an event that you need to promote or an event or a sports um, day or sports match that you need photography, who else would you rather have, mate? Some of that work that he does is uh, some of the shots he's been getting the last couple of weeks, especially uh, Maitland uh, Pickers games, has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, he's been tireless posting them as well, mate. He's a really good shot. Uh, the game, obviously, South and Maitland, he's captured some great moments there. And yeah, any club that, you know, as he likes to say, uses your mum's iPhone or iPad to capture it, it's a big upgrade to get Johnny on board. So... Yeah, definitely worth a hire. Certainly is, mate. I've got a half-decent camera myself and I've been out and tried to take some photos of games and, mate, they're not 10% of what it comes out with. You know, he's, he's invested the time and effort to get himself to that skill level as well as the equipment and does a great job. Uh, and uh, some of those shots, yeah, I think I saw some of Marshall Singh who will, will undoubtedly uh, mention when we get into the South game shortly uh, with his hat trick. Uh, some of the shots of him, just absolutely phenomenal. He's the man on the spot, is Johnny. So make sure you reach out to Smart Artist and a big thanks to Johnny and Smart Artist for coming on board League Castle this year, mate. But let's have a look uh, with the Saturday game. And West put on an absolute clinic. They've been in some good form, but they've just gone into overdrive last week as they absolutely picked apart the Curry Bulldogs. Yeah, they did, mate. Tremendous run of form here for West. They've essentially slipped their season after a very slow start. So, yeah, they won, they won a run out winners 40 to 6 against Curry. And obviously, as the scoreline suggests, it was pretty one sided. So. I don't usually um, crawl either of these teams for the staff, but obviously with a lot of free time at the moment with clubs on by, I just do that out of my own interest. So as you'd imagine, all, all the points going to West this week. And um, before we get into those points, I'll do some honourable mentions to Liam Wiscombe. He uh, just missed out with the two tries, 118 metres, two tackle buffs, and also Captain Ben Stone. He was tireless in the middle. Kind of like Sam Anderson there at Mayland. He had 18 runs and a team-high 46 tackles. So amazingly, they didn't get the points, but I'm ready to jump in when you are. Yeah, mate, well, let's kick it off. Uh, it's a, uh, a fairly big name in the one point. Uh, he got a point this week after his brother missed out on, on what could have been an origin op- origin return opportunity. Yeah, unfortunately for Cody there and the Rabbitohs. But, yeah, his brother Ryan here, um, he gets a point for me. He played in the centres for West this game. He scored that try. He had um, nearly 9.5 metres of carry, which is great for a centre. He had the four tackle bus, 
two line breaks, a line break assist and a try assist and an effective offload. So he was real dangerous all game for West. He um, yeah, caused Curry some defence. I think it was on that left edge. So one point for Ryan Walker. Yeah, he's uh, always uh, there and thereabouts once he's in there. We talked about him. Uh, I caught up with Matt Moon before, which we'll have in the show a little bit later on. And we talked about Ryan and just his ability to pretty much put on any jersey and do a real uh, solid job. And, you know, he's a threat from anywhere on the park. So he's always going to be there and thereabouts. But who's who's pipped the uh, the Evergreen veteran for the two and the three points, mate? Yeah, the um, other centre, Heath Gibbs, gets the two points from here from West. Um, he got a try as well. He also got the line break, two tackle busts and a two-try assist, which was a team high. So that's great for him in the centres. Um, and also, very impressively, and what probably tipped him for me was the 14 runs for 131 metres. So that was the best out of West back. And he also made 90% of his tackles. So a great all-round performance by Heath Gibbs, bumping him to two points. Lovely, mate. And the best on, I'm going to assume it was... Uh quite possibly the man that uh, also picked up the Bar TV to his new player of the round as well. So he's been well rewarded for a being a key member of a, a solid win for the Rosellas. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, Pat A. Church here, the West winger. I don't usually give um, the three points to the wingers, but just based on the tries. And that's not the case this week either. So obviously he scored those two great tries, but he filled up the stats in some other categories too that got him the three here for me. Um, he, got, he had one try save, which obviously is essential, and that's the error fourth. He had um, 8.5 metres of carry, uh, two tackle busts, two line breaks, and a try assist, which is great for a winger. But also, impressively, had 92% of his tackles made in defence. So, uh, yeah, brilliant all-round performance by him. And, yeah, just the two tries probably just nudged him above Heath Gibbs there for me. Well done to Ryan, Heath, and Pat there. A, uh, a great performance. And we'll start to see some of those West boys, if they continue that form, they now sit, uh, I think, uh, six and six with the COVID draw thrown in from the round one catch-up game. Uh, they'll undoubtedly, if they continue this form, there'll be a, one or two of those guys who might uh, make a late surprising charge into our leaderboard. They've been a little quiet on that front with a slow start, but they'll be right back there. But let's jump into the Sunday game. And it's, it's weird just having a Saturday and a Sunday game, but we'll have the same this weekend. But uh, let's have a look. South and Maitland, uh, mate, uh, it wasn't exactly uh, going to script for Maitland. I know you were messaging me during the game and... Uh, you said South, you know, they, they seem to have the upper hand here and I think you put the poor mockers on, on South, which I'm sure Matt Landry will think is certainly well worth what he pays you to do stats, but uh, I'm not sure the South boys would be uh, too happy with your work, mate, uh, if you're uh, um, with everything that goes on there. But, uh, yeah, you, you, you pump the brakes on South a little bit. They got a consolation try in the end, which padded it back to them, but they did lead for a good portion of the game. Yeah, they did, mate. Obviously, I'm a neutral observer between these two clubs, so it was great to see a yeah really good contest. So I thought it was a really gutsy effort by South against, obviously, the first-place team. Uh, it says a lot about this competition, you know, when the first-place team comes up against 10th place with, you know, not many outs for either. Um, Alex Langbridge was missing for Mail, and obviously, their key hooker and Scotty Matthews for South, they're locked. So, um, for a game like that to happen, I think it was 12-12 until late in the match, um, just says a lot about the, the quality of the competition and Obviously, these two teams will have the buy next week or a draw because um, kickers play late and South play the entrance. So they gave it their all in this game. Yeah, only could be one winner, obviously. Um, but yeah, gutsy effort, like I said, by South. They limited Maitland to, I think, three line breaks, which is one of the lowest counts all season for Maitland. So even though Maitland got the chocolates here, yeah, props to South. I think it just further epitomises the fact that, you know, and even more so now with these COVID draws, there's just when teams do get the opportunity to play games and there'll be teams that are sitting out a couple of weeks in a row, not just the Coast teams. We've seen Cessnock last week and again this week will miss a game. 
that they're just they're just going to be up for it. And you know, this is this was first versus last. And you know, if you're looking at the ladder and purely taking it off there, you would have expected it to be, you know, much more reflective of that West Curry scoreline. So it just shows that on any given day, if you turn up and have a red hot crack, and especially if you do catch your opponent a little bit unawares or off their guard, that you know, you can mix it with them and South really weren't that far away as the score and uh, a lot of the stats reflected uh, from getting it done. But, mate, uh, let's get into the points here so that we can uh, take a little breather and get back to the NRL after that. But who is it that's picked up the points here? Uh, a couple of the usual suspects, I don't doubt, uh, being high amongst it from Maitland and South will undoubtedly with a close score on rack someone in there, I would have thought. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, yeah, honourable mention first to the the man you mentioned about five minutes ago on the show, uh, winger Marshall Singh, who got the hat trick. Obviously, uh, obviously the three line breaks to go along with them, um, and he won eighty three percent of his carries. So just missing out on a point here for me. One of those situations I'd really love to give half a point, but we'll stick to the the full points with the adjustments we have to do late in the season. Otherwise, it obviously gets too complicated. So starting off with a one point here. Yeah, we're going to go with um, Maitland Park. Chad O'Donnell who scored the last try of the match for Maitland to seal the deal. Uh, he had a team-high two line break assists, a try assist, an offload, um, and 20 tackles at 87%. So, um, yeah, he, he got the one point for me here. He's uh, one of the consistent performers, certainly, Chad, so uh, continues to chalk up some points. Uh, who's picked up the two points, mate? Yeah, I'm going to give two points to Harry Croker here for South, the second rower. I think he was the best on field for South for me from a statistics point of view anyway. I usually comes off the bench this week, shifted in the second row, I think, due to injuries or absences, absentees rather. Um, yeah, so he didn't disappoint at all. He got an equal team high carry count of 13, um, and he also won 100% of his carries. And on the flip side of that, he also made a team high 39 tackles at 98%, winning 88% of those in the ruck. So massive effort on both sides of the ball. And just going back to his attack, he um, topped the team with six offloads, and, and critically, five of them were effective. So... He was a real uh, generator of some great second-phase play, which troubled Maitland throughout the match there. And you could see Maitland keyed on to that pre-game. They, they often had three in the tackle when he made these key offloads too. So his offloading ability is something that I'm sure South are pleased by and also the Knights when he plays in the Cup. Yeah, I'm sure Matt Kennedy will be uh, thinking about uh, utilising him in that role probably more often. And there might be a few nervous second rowers that are out of action on the weekend that are a bit nervy at South as to whether or not they might have a gig next week. So... Uh, well done to Harry Croker. And, uh, mate, uh, the next man, he's been through a lot of footy in recent weeks. He's another one that, uh, you know, he's uh, only available on certain weekends for his club. And uh, he's also copped a, a fair hammering physically in a couple of games recently. So he's had a tough run, but he continues to just keep turning up in that uh, standout, brilliant white headgear for Maitland. Yeah, he makes it easy for me to crawl the stuff, mate. I don't get confused when he's got the ball, obviously, with that signature white headgear. So... Obviously going with um, Matt Sokolola here from Maitland, who gets the three points. He got the uh, the double in this game, two tries. He had 13 carries for 121 metres at 9.3 carry, which was the best in Maitland's team for players over two runs. Um, and he also had five runs for 10 metres or over. Um, and that was tied with the big bench forward, Daniel Tyser. So really important there for Maitland, racking up those big metres, getting the advantage line as well. Um, he had the three tackle bus and um, two of the three Maitland line breaks as well, and also a try assist. So he really did a lot this game, um, Matt. So well done to him. And, um, yeah, surely if he'd played all the games this season, he'd be probably up the top of the leaderboard. So obviously in and out, like you said. Yeah, exactly right. And it's very much the same for the try scorers, where he's lifted himself with his double up to uh, equal sixth on that leaderboard, but still a long way behind his clubman, Perry LeBrock. 
Um, so, again, not much change there outside of that. But uh, speaking of leaderboards, mate, uh, let's have a quick look at uh, the way the leaderboard stands at the moment. And not a huge amount of movement. Probably the, the biggest one out of those was uh, Chad O'Donnell sneaking up another little edge closer to the top. Yeah, Chad O'Donnell moves up to 11, uh, sorry, 11 points, which is um, equal third now. Yeah, obviously not a lot of movers. Currently, we haven't added the aggregates or the weighted aggregates of the players that have missed a game. Um, but you see Harry Croker has gone up to seven points now. It's another mover there. And as you mentioned before, a couple of West boys are, are creeping up as well. So you've got a number of West um, in the top, say, 30 players. So, yeah, we've um, got plenty of games remaining. Hopefully, more games when the lockdown ends for the, for the Central Coast, which I think should probably have ended, to be honest. But let's not go there. Um <laughs> Yeah, mate. So, interesting. We won't go through the whole leaderboard. I haven't posted one for a while, obviously, with this um, movement. But we were talking about potentially taking it off air, like the Dalians do, so keep it a bit of a secret as the season progresses. Yeah, and I, I think once confirmations received that it is going to be a, uh, if this third week is, we, we may hold it down from there and uh, just sort of, you know, mention some movers and shakers. And we'll still obviously announce the point. So, if... Uh, Anyone wants to go back and listen to old episodes and piece it together. But now, I think uh, after this round, we might, uh, you know, we're sitting at round 14, so there'll only be four more after this, and there's going to be two more impacted rounds. So with all the permutations and things, we might just put up uh, uh, a few different little other pieces and mentions of some of the guys that get some points each week uh, rather than actual leaderboards, I think. And I know we've talked to Johnny about that. If he's got some shots of the boys, we might put some of his great action shots up as well, just uh, of those that are picking up some points on those games that he does attend. Um, so, mate, uh, that, that brings pretty much to a wrap what we've uh, got to talk about the local league. It is just uh, one other mention, which is the appointment uh, this week of Lakes United's coach for 2022. Sounds like such a long time in the future. Uh, but it, he's returning to the job that he's held a couple of times, firstly as a player coach in 2006 and seven when he uh, um, they won the uh, the competitions. Then he returned, I think, in 2010. Um, he's got... a a resume that's absolute mile long. He's coached in the Knights system. He's coached the uh, Indigenous All-Stars women's. He's coached the Cook Islands. Um, but as I said, he's and he played many years at Lakes United after, you know, playing through the Knights jersey flag. Um, he's been through a number of systems and, you know, had the tutelage of experienced coaches like Rip Taylor and stuff when he was at Lakes in the early days. Um, played behind PJ as well, Paul Jeffries, who's another Lakes stalwart. So um, he's won plenty of titles there. He knows the uh, the place inside and out. And, uh, you know, he's done very well for a, a little bloke from Cowra that played well above his weight, uh, and that is Ian Burke. So uh, it's great to see Bubba Burke come back to Lakes, and uh, undoubtedly uh, he will uh, do his best to restore them to their former glories they were when he was a player there, mate. Yeah, yeah, without CV, mate, you'd think so. Obviously, he's got a really young and up-and-coming squad to work with there at Lake. So, interesting to see what he can do with those boys and maybe off the back of a few of these staff that I fling him next year. Who knows? Yeah, mate, I, I did a bit of a, a just a, a, a quick search before of Ian Burke and I came across this old scorecard. This is the New South Wales versus Queensland under-17s from 1995, so way back when you and I were both very young whippersnappers. New South Wales, 34, defeated Queensland, 12. But just listen to some of these names in the New South Wales outfit alongside Ian Burke. Uh, we had Owen Craigie, Lee Hookie, Craig Gower, Lance Thompson, uh, Daniel Quinn, who many of us will know from the Newcastle competition, and then Royston Lightning, who was a bit of a cult hero, flash in the pan for uh, Canberra back in the day. But that's some of the players that were running around for New South Wales alongside him. So it gives you an idea of the ilk of player 
um, that uh, Ian Burke was both in his youth as well as all his long career uh, in the Newcastle Rugby League. Mate, uh, plenty of talent as a player and he's obviously shown similar aptitude as a coach. So hopefully he can uh, really uh, continue to bolster Lakes and work with that young crop of juniors they've got. Yeah, definitely, mate. It'll be exciting times there at Lakes next year and um, yeah, wish him all the best. I'm sure he won't need too much luck. He's definitely got obviously what it takes for, uh, as a player and a coach. So good luck to him. Certainly, and uh, undoubtedly there'll be some more coaching announcements to come in the next uh, weeks or months as we've seen a number of clubs advertising for new head coaches in 2022. So we'll keep you up to date as they come across the board. But, mate, I might take a break from you. I'll dig into our interview with Matt Moon and then catch up with a few of the boys from Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. And then we'll come back and talk about games getting moved to Newcastle and the NRL in general, as well as uh, a little bit of a yeah, di- dig into uh, what's happened last round with the Knights. Brilliant, mate. Speak soon. All right, time to get into the Denton Engineering Cup to his Newcastle Rugby League segment of the show. And uh, we're fortunate enough to be joined by another one of the Macquarie stars. We've had a few of them on this year. This time it is uh, utility Matt Moon. Matt, uh, welcome onto the show, mate. Uh, you're out at the Scorps this year and, and loving it by the sound of our pre-chat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm loving it. It's a good career. Yeah, heaps of fun. So, yeah, it makes it easy going to train and makes it easier turning up to your mate in the weekend. Yeah, mate, and uh, a great example of that was the, the good handful of boys that made the trek up to Lakeside on the weekend and, and watched uh, your reserve grade. Your 19s couldn't get the side together with a few players out of action due to work, commitments down to the coast and Sydney and all the joys of COVID with it. But, mate, we might start there. Uh, the reserve grade, they're going quite well and, and held it to uh, one of the top sides in Northern Hawks on the weekend. Yeah, I was there on the weekend. They, they put it to them and um, they were missing a few too, I think. So I think it ended up just goals were different, so... Yeah, certainly did. Four, yeah. Tri- four tries all, and uh, the latter leading Northern Hawks, uh, they've only dropped one game all year, and there was a couple of times there where it looked like your boys might have caused a boil over, but certainly for a side that's you know battling for a, side, a spot in the in the five, there's only a couple of points between them, South and Lakes, down around that fifth or seventh spot. Uh, certainly acquitted themselves, as you said, with a few boys out of action uh, really well, and uh, that'll build up some confidence coming into the final round, you'd think. Yeah, there's a fair few of them pushing for first grade spots, so I think that was a day, um, big part of that performance. And, yeah, like you said, that Northern Hawks team's up the top and they, they, they're a star-studded team, so they did well. Yeah, mate, and the 19s, while we're on it, they, uh, as we said, they couldn't quite get a side together, which is a real shame because it would have been an opportunity for them to close the gap to Northern Hawks, who sit just in front of them in six. But uh, with about five rounds to go, they're still uh, only two wins outside of the top five. So if they can go on a bit of a run, then they, they would certainly be eyeing off... Uh, finals footy, but I think they're a fairly young side even for the 19s comp, as I understand it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're a young team and there's a fair few of them backing up for Reggie too, so they get a bit of experience up there and, yeah, I don't think they'll be too far away when push comes to shove at the end of the year. No, certainly not, mate, and it'd be remiss of us not to mention the final team that's running around at the club this year and uh, they won't have a uh, competition match this weekend. Uh, the women's tackle, mate, uh, they started the year a bit slowly, but they're, again, knocking on the door of the top four uh, sitting in fifth spot at the moment, uh, one competition point behind South. So uh, do you guys cross paths with the women much or is it completely separate training? Uh, I know they play on some of your game days out there at Lyle Peacock. Uh, no, they, they train like on the same nights as us and they just train on the other field, but you definitely see a bit of them. And before our games, obviously, there we've got the Reggies and them, so we all get around and watch the, watch the girls before our games and they definitely don't mess around. I wouldn't like to be out there. They smash each other. 
Yeah, I was going to say, some of the girls' games, I think, are a bit more physical than the boys almost. So, uh, yeah. that, that said, uh, unfortunately, they went they did go down to South, which handed over that fourth spot on the weekend. And this week, they'll have a COVID draw against Berkeley. Uh, sorry, last week, they had a COVID draw against Berkeley. That was a week before. And then another COVID draw this weekend against Tookley. So, uh, they'll be eyeing off their last couple of games. And they take on, I think, the top four sides. So, a couple of wins there will see them into the final. So, they've got a tough run home, but it should uh, steal them well for the final, should they make it, mate. So, mate, it's... Uh, undoubtedly for yourself going back to the Scorps after a couple of years away it'll be um, a bit of a change of pace but great to see uh, four sides and great that they're all uh, in contention for the finals with a few weeks to go yeah it's good to see like, um, you know, we've put a couple of good good sides together and we're all training together and we're all putting in so it's good to see we're getting a couple of results out in the park as well and, and mate you talked about it before obviously that the culture around the club it's great out there It's I know it's something that, that Kitty and Co would be focusing on and uh uh, there's certainly plenty of banter and uh, you sort of got thrown under the bus a little bit to come on the show this week, which you graciously took on, mate. Um, but, uh, mate, is, is it true, the rumour that you're out there purely for the uh, the, the fashion stakes and, and some of the outfits the boys get out there in? I heard you mention Kitty before and Kerrit Holland and then there's Royce who just wears as little as possible. Oh, mate, there's some terrible out- there's some terrible dresses out there. Kerrit in his uh, jeans and joggers and... And, uh, yeah, Royce is pretty much just budgies and nothing else. Uh, yeah, some terrible dresses. Mate, he's, Royce has invested a lot of money in those tattoos, so I think he's just got to show them off to everyone. Mate, have you, see, have you seen the one on the butt? No, I, have, I, have, I haven't seen Royce Jeffrey's butt, fortunately. I think there's a statement <laughs> I'm, I'm happy, to, happy to announce on the show. So, But um, happy, happy for any of the punters that want to know about it. Just go up to Royce and ask him if you're at the games over the next few weeks. I'm sure he'll be happy to show you. <laughs> yeah, yeah he'll, he'll happily take his clothes off. <laughs> no dramas about that. And uh, mate, talk, talking about uh, snappy dresses and stuff, is there, is there anyone else out there that's managed to get into the uh, influencer game alongside uh, former reality TV show star Joe Woodbury? Uh, nah, we're, we're all trying. He hasn't given us much help. We're all asking for shout outs on Instagram, and but uh, no, nah, he, he only does it for money, he reckons. And well, yeah, we're, none of us dishing it out. None, none of you got deep enough pockets for the uh, Joe Woodbury exactly. uh, mentions. Exactly. He reckons a couple of grand is the way to get in. So. The high roll of life, mate. Sponsors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, if, if there's any sponsors looking for a uh, more average knockabout footy bloke who's uh, right, in the, <laughs> right in the middle of the fashion stakes, then uh, contact Matt Moon and we, uh, we, exactly. we can put you in touch. <laughs> mate, let, let's have a chat about the uh, Denton Engineering Cup and, and how the side's been going. You got off to a, an absolute roaring start to the season. Uh, a few bumps in, in recent weeks before a few weeks mm. off is probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, it's been a bit disappointing. We, yeah, we started off strong and we had them three tough games in a row, but, but we're in all of them. That's it. That was the thing we got out of it. No one really put us to the sword and smashed us yet, really. So it's all been our doing. So we're all pretty confident at the moment still. And yeah, keen to hopefully string a couple of wins together and get our confidence back up. Yeah, certainly. And um, as you said, you know, there, there isn't a lot on, on any given day separating those. I guess the top the top few sides when you look at you know yourselves Maitland Cessnock and Central, but uh, Maitland and Central are starting to just get a little bit of a gap on mm. the pack when we look at the ladder. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, they're definitely the two teams to beat. Without doubt, Maitland. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to see someone beat them soon. Yep. Yeah, getting. Uh, I, I work with James Taylor for uh, Maitland. He's been getting around with a bit of a strut, pretty confident. <laughs> so I wouldn't mind shutting him up. Yeah, certainly, mate. And I guess in terms of that, the um, you guys will finish the season with that challenging run, taking on those 
uh, top three sides, which is probably, you know, as much as it's challenging, it's probably a good, uh, I guess, measure. And as we said with the girls, a good opportunity to steal yourself as you head into the finals. Exactly. If we get a couple, if we get a one or two of them uh, coming away with wins, it would be um, definitely a big leg up heading into the finals with a, a wet sail. And mate, uh, now obviously, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think we're going back to sort of mid-June, you, you went down by a point uh, against uh, West, who are obviously the much-improved side. We saw the job they did on Curry last weekend. You then had the COVID draw against uh, Wyong, which would have been a little bit disappointing, but undoubtedly yourselves and Kitty are now eyeing off the next couple of weeks against uh, both Curry and Lakes as games that are sort of must-win for you guys to, to keep yourselves in that race for, for third spot. Yeah, absolutely. They're must-win. Um, disappointing letting that one point uh, loss get away from us. And... Um, yeah, these are must wins because obviously third's goal, and that's what we that's what we're talking about at the score. It's gonna make it make trying to make sure we get that third spot and giving us two bites for Terry come finals time. And certainly these COVID draws, especially with the with the probably unrealised initially impact with with um, sort of you know Lakes United, and again next week will be an interesting uh, space, I guess, for you guys. And you'll be watching with the COVID restrictions being extended as to whether that game will go ahead or not. But fingers crossed it does because we know you've been sort of. Uh, starved of footy with rep games and everything else in there as well. Um, but certainly, just to have two games this weekend, I know your focus will be completely on yours, but uh, will there be a bit of an eye once, you, once you're once you done on Saturday on, on what comes out of that West and Central game? Because that'll give you a bit of a, I guess, a marker on where they're sitting now after some gaps as well? Yeah, for sure. It'll be, it'll be definitely interesting to see um, if West can put it to Central as well, you know, because they're in a roll. And I think uh, Dylan Pithian's out, is he? So if they're going to get him, it might be the week. Yeah, Might be the week for um, West. Certainly is. Jack Kelly named in the six. Tim Christie back in for them as well. Uh, a big in in the uh, in the squad for uh, uh, West in Ryan Walker. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, he's named in the centres. I think he's played over the last two or three years almost every position. But prop out there, Ryan, uh, <laughs> talented and versatile man though. So you know, it doesn't matter where you put him on the park, he's a danger. Yeah, he's a superstar. He's um, yeah, he definitely gets your uh, he definitely gets your trying to think of the word. It gets your attention when you get the ball in his hand. You've always got your eye out for him. He was playing Reggie there for a couple of weeks. I'm not sure what the guy was there, but yeah, he's um he's scary to come up against for sure. And and Tim Christie, he's a big in for big in for Central. I'm living in his house at the moment, so I've got to <laughs> give him a give him a ramp up so he might cheapen the rent. Mate, he's, he's, he's a show favourite. We like to give him as much stick as we do raps, but good to see him come back after that uh, ankle niggle. I know uh uh, one of the athletic boys was uh, giving him some grief the other week, saying that he was scared. That's why he didn't play against South. So we'll leave that rivalry to speak for itself because I know those boys uh, uh, get into each other plenty. <laughs> Man, I think there's some truth to that. I think he was shooting himself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, the other big in, and, and you talk about Ryan Walker playing reserve grade recent weeks, Brad Murray's been turning out in reserve grade, uh, uh, and he certainly uh, lit, lit the game up against South the other week, and he's back on the bench for Central. So... Um, even without Dylan Pythian, they've got some really handy playmaking options. Obviously, Luke Walsh, Jack Kelly, and then Brad coming off the bench. Yeah, I think they've got about the sixth best half in the comp, nearly. I don't know how that happened. So, no, yeah, it's not a bad, you lose Dylan, he's not a bad in. So, yeah, I think they'll be just fine. Right, six best halves in the comp. We won't want to tell uh, Jeremy Gibson or Andrew Sumner that they're the, they're the things you're throwing around, mate. Oh, Andy's going to flip out at hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, speaking speaking of it, so can we get a tip from you? Who do you think will get the job done out at Harker on uh, on Sunday? Oh, I, I can't see um, Central getting beat even by a red-hot West team, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I can go past Central there. 
Excellent, mate. You better, better tip the, uh, the the landlord for a win. Um, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Mate, look, looking at your side, an extended side name for your Saturday clash up at the graveyard. It's uh, never an easy place to visit, but uh, surely some extra incentive for the man that used to used to strut about up at the Bulldogs, the, the man that holds your clipboard now, Kitty, to get you boys revved up for a win against Curry. Yeah, yeah I will say um, he always seems a bit more fired up for this one. So I think, yeah, I think you take this one a bit personal, Kitty. He said, so, yeah, we can't we can't lose this one. No, certainly not. So Ty Alch and an out for you guys, but um, I see Fletcher Myers, who was uh, outstanding, named on the uh, extended bench for you. He was outstanding in reserve grade last week. Looked quite electric when he got involved, mate. Yeah, he's a gun. I think he's come back from the Knights, and yeah, I think he's just waiting for his waiting for his turn. He played for us the other week against uh, I can't remember who, but he scored a nice little try and definitely didn't let anyone down. He's definitely up for the um, definitely up for the occasion. He certainly is a young gun to watch. Uh, looking at Curry's lineup, they welcome back in their centres, Henry Penn and Stevie Gordon. So two two big ins that'll uh, certainly keep Cal and Royce on their toes for you guys. Yeah, for sure. That that uh, Henry Penn's hard to tackle. So hopefully he stays out wide. That can be them boys' problem. <laughs> Lovely, mate. Well, mate, uh, obviously uh, it's a big game for you guys after a couple of weeks off and, you know, uh, getting close to must win if you want to get that third spot, as you said. But what's going to be the keys to shutting down this side? Uh, obviously, they've got plenty of talent. They've got Tyler Randall back in as well, which uh, adds some punch to them. So what's going to be the keys to shutting down Curry and, and getting the two points up at the graveyard? Uh, I think we just need to just do, it, do what we do best and just roll up the middle and go from there. We don't have to worry too much about them. We'll just have to do our job and just stay away from penalties and errors, which has been killing us all year. We've been, yeah... We've been we've been shooting ourselves in the foot. We haven't I feel like we've um we've lost all our games. Like we've lost them no one's really beat us yet, so so yeah, if we if we know what we do, I think we'll be hard to beat. Bit of completion and discipline, you reckon, just being the key, just focusing on your own stuff rather than getting drawn too much into what they do? Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. That's uh, that's exactly it. Excellent, mate. Well well fingers crossed that um, I know your nineteens will have another week off with Curry not having the nineteens, uh Fingers crossed, though, the uh, two games up there get a bumper crowd in on Sunday. There's not a lot of footy oh, on Saturday. Sorry, there's, there's uh, not a huge amount of footy on this weekend, a much reduced schedule. So hopefully you can get plenty of uh, Scorps fans up there in green and gold. It's not that far up the, up through the back trips uh, to get up there. So it's a, it's a bit of a, a rivalry and a derby game for, for many years, I know. And there's plenty of boys that have traversed there, as we said, including your coach, who's an ex-Curry boy himself. So... Uh, there'll be lots of rivalry and uh, we wish you all the best for the weekend mate we thank you for even though you were thrown under the bus by Royce here for jumping <laughs> on the show and taking it uh, with some good spirit mate you've certainly added uh, some more intellectual conversation than I would have expected out of him <laughs> thanks mate I was actually just about to say I heard it was late Carlo was telling me it was ladies day out at, out at the graveyard but it's cutting that off now so it's a bit disappointing so me and Kitty were talking about we might roll in there when in their next home game for ladies day so yeah right Mate, they're probably not confident in having Ladies' Day with Royce Jeffrey and um, Joe Woodbury in attendance. I reckon. I reckon that's why Cullen's called it off. <laughs> I think you might be right. <laughs> Cullen, yeah, Cullen has to bring a wig. <laughs> I'm not going to throw too many stones at Cullen. He could uh, probably rip me in half quite easily. He might not have much hair, but he's certainly a hard hitter. So, uh, mate, a big thanks again for your time. Good luck on the weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll be having a chat to the Scorps boys later in the season uh, as you go deep into the finals. So, mate, again, thank you for your time. Beautiful. Thanks, mate. Cheers for having me.
All right, we're back with the first of our Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League uh, segments for this week. And this week we're taking a focus to the Win Network A-grade Premiership. And we're fortunate enough to be joined by uh, one of the senior players and the captain of the A-grade team for one of our newest clubs in the in the Northern Hawks in Joey Griffiths. Welcome to the show, Joey. Thanks, Wayne. Well, thanks for having me. No, no problem at all, mate. Now, you're obviously... The club, the club's new itself, but you're not a new face in terms of uh, local footy. You've been around the traps for quite a while. How's it been being part of the the foundation of the what is now the Northern Hawks? Um, yeah, mate, it's been good. Yeah, played four games in now. Um, came across to the club uh, just for family reasons to play alongside my brothers and, and brother-in-law and nephew and a bit of the cousins there as well. So yeah, it's been great. Yeah, especially uh, the last four weeks in, in gaining a few wins and yeah, sort of getting off that. Bottom of, bottom of the table and whatnot, but yeah, everything's starting to sort of gel well, and yeah, we're looking forward to, to the rest of the year. Now, in terms of obviously um, the the club, as I understand it, came about from I guess an amalgam of what was the uh, the group that was uh, previously sort of the Port Stephen Sharks there, based up in based up at sort of Tomaree, and also um, the the group that was associated or part of the group that was associated with the, that tribal rugby league, which was the Newcastle Hawks, and hence the Northern Hawks name and, you know, not only creating a footprint in that Nelson Bay area, but also a representative side alongside the likes of, you know, Maitland United and Awabakal to represent the Indigenous groups um, and, and a pathway for Indigenous players in the area? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think it, it did come about um, after the Tribal League. Um, yeah, the three teams, uh, Newcastle Yowies, uh, Newcastle Emus and, and Newcastle All Blacks actually combined um, to put a side in the Tribal League. And then from there, just with the success of actually winning the Tribal League, um, I think their plan was yeah, to try and get a team in, in the local Newcastle comp. Um, and, yeah, reserve grade the 19s playing in the Tillys Cup. And, and yeah, the open grade team now playing in the, the A-grade comp of the Newcastle Community Hunter and a competition, which is good. But, yeah, I think they approached the, the Port Stephens um, club and, and whatnot. I knew they had a club already, already based and sort of set up, but yeah, it's been great. Been great. I think it's um, it's been a success, especially with with the teams on how they're travelling and and sort of how we're moving forward as one club now. Yeah, certainly. And and looking at and we'll touch on the 19s and reserves first before we get to the A grade. The reserve grade, obviously, you know they're absolutely flying. They're sitting a win clear at the top of the reserve grade ladder, and the 19s well in the mix for sort of the third through to fifth pack that is quite tight. They're sitting at six at the moment, but well and truly. Uh, um, in that mix, so success has certainly followed on there, specifically for those two teams since the start of the season. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, just the mixture, mixture of players in the reserve grade team. Um, got some old heads there that have played a lot of a lot of first grade football around Newcastle, and yeah, a lot of experience in that sort of sense. But yeah, some some young kids um, added to the mix as well who, who I think are looking for their opportunity. I think there there's some quality kids there too, especially with the the recruitment over the last week of the new three three players that have joined the club, um, young Floyd Ty and, and Matty Smith, who are in the Tigers system, so pretty handy pickups. But yeah, even the local boys. And the good thing about that too, mate, is um, the numbers that we get to training. Um, this is probably the three grades, but yeah, majority. I know uh, the Reggie's boys are always there at training every Tuesday and Thursday night, along with the nineteens too, just willing to learn. And so, certainly, mate, um, we talk about, as we said, they've gone quite well. The A grade, you guys have 
probably start a little bit slower. The numbers might not have been what you wanted at the start of the year. I know I, I officiated you guys up at Thornton the other week and you had a red-hot crack. Um, that was probably just before the tide started to turn as, as players sorted out where they were going to play for the remainder of the year. And um, since then, it's been a bit of a winning run and it's probably great to have that culture now through the club with some winning and, and that building towards what the plans are for the future, which I know from talking to the likes of Andrew Chappell and Scott Jews who are on the committee there, um, the plan is obviously to, to build this into a club that can re-enter the first grade competition later on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's the plan, I, I think, moving forward. But, um, yeah, just touching on us again. Yeah, I think just a few of the boys yeah, didn't know where they wanted to play this year. But um, through a few conversations uh, with myself and, and my brother Josh and whatnot, um, yeah, we're, we're actually signed with other clubs. But, yeah, come across. Just just to have the opportunity to play, play together once again and um, sort of make it that family, family-based club and family-orientated. We've got a really good support. Um, there's a lot of committee as well that they put their hand up and do a lot of work for us as well. So um, that's just not the success that we've seen on the field now. It's the stuff that's sort of been putting behind the behind closed doors and what you don't see. Um, so, yeah, moving forward, I think we're going to get bigger and better. Yeah, certainly. And it's great to see that, it, you know, and especially probably most noticeable in that 19 side that there's really that cross-representation of both local Port Stephens players as well as some of the, as you said, the Indigenous guys that have gone there for family um, and, you know, and representative reasons for their community. So, and, and that all comes to a culmination this week, mate, probably the best time to introduce it in terms of it. You've got your, your hosting Indigenous round, um, a twilight one, which will be great up at Tomaree on uh, Saturday night with the three games, all three sides at home. Yeah, definitely. Um, being NAIDOC week this week, um, celebration of our culture. So, um, yeah, couldn't come at a better time. Um, I know we're playing in Indigenous Design Jumpers this weekend, which are um, we a massive honour as well. I know the boys are looking forward to that. Um, but even how it worked out with our with our team and and here we play this weekend. I know Carter forgot a, a lot of Aboriginal players within their team as well, and it, it's always good to come up against the brothers, and especially this weekend. It's not just a game of footy; it's um, it's a celebration of our culture this week, and I think um, yeah, everyone's sort of looking forward to it. Uh, just with all the NAIDOC stuff that's sort of been cancelled within community, I think this is going to be the highlight of, of the week. Yeah, so it certainly will be, and, it, and it's certainly an exciting uh, event, I guess, for the local community, the Indigenous community. As you said, it is about celebrating the Indigenous community, and the Indigenous community is, is such a, a you know heavy element of, of the rugby league community too. As you said, Cardiff also with a, with a strong uh, Indigenous presence throughout their team, so that'll undoubtedly be an absolute cracking cap of the day and that'll be the final game but I think it starts off at about 2.30 in the afternoon with, with the under-19s followed by the reserve grade both against Cessnock uh, and then that'll be capped off with the A grade at uh, um, sorry I'm just trying to pull up the times in front of me uh, so at 5.15 against Cardiff so made an absolute cracker of a day and um, it'd be great if the more people that can get there to celebrate the um, contribution of the Indigenous community of the rugby league and, and the broader community um, and celebrate that uh, up there at Tomaree on Saturday. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think, yeah, the, the club has really bought into it. Um, not just the Indigenous players and the Indigenous committee, but everyone. I think um, just for this week being, as I said, NADOC week, and um, with this club, it's a really inclusive club, and everybody's sort of supporting each other. So, yeah, definitely. Um, it should be a massive day, especially with, yeah, with the three teams playing on the one day. I don't think it's happened... Um, often this year so that should be good in itself yeah 
Yeah, certainly. And and talking about that, we might transition talking about not playing on the same day or not playing. Your boys in the A grade, unfortunately, you uh, were scheduled to have your chance to test yourselves against, the, I guess, the competition pace that is in Dora Creek last week. But due to COVID, they were un- unable to f- field a side. So um, that means that it was a COVID draw. That said, it does see you sit into fifth place, although I'm sure that um, after some recent wins against some of those sides that are sitting above you, you're certainly eyeing off uh, climbing a couple more spots on the ladder before the end of the season. Yeah, definitely, mate. That's the plan. Uh, yeah, momentum's a big thing in rugby league as well. So uh, four wins in a row leading to that. That would have been a good test for us. Unfortunately, got got canned due to COVID. But um, Cardiff won't be no easy beats this weekend. Um, I know they've had a couple of wins, I think, against the boys this year already. So, um, and especially once again, reiterating on being eight off week, I'm sure they'll be coming up there to upset the party and upset our winning streak as well. So. Um, yeah, looking forward to it, but it should be a good challenge. And yeah, I know the boys are the boys are really excited. It's certainly a great thing about this A grade comp. Even though on some days it seems like there's absolute miles between certain teams, if you do turn up a little bit complacent or off your game, then you know, and the other team turns up, as we've seen Cardiff do a couple of times this year, um, that, then certainly you know they can upset a party. But um, I'm sure just as much as anything, everyone's keen to get some footy in after only the one A-grade game last week with Thornton getting a win over South, 32-18. All the others either postponed due to COVID, or sorry, classes COVID draws, or um, in Cardiff's case, I, I believe they couldn't get a side together. So, yeah, I'm sure both sides will be uh, keen after a couple of weeks off to, to get back onto, um, onto the footy field and, and put on a show for um, NAIDOC week, mate. And we obviously know who you're tipping there, but let's have a look at the other couple of games that are still scheduled to go ahead this weekend and, and get your thoughts on them. Um, before we let you let you go, mate. Uh, Northern Lakes and Belmont South, that one will be a COVID draw. At this stage on Saturday afternoon, we do still have Thornton Beresfield versus Dora Creek scheduled to go ahead. I'm guessing that Dora Creek will be a lot lighter if they do go ahead with this game. Uh, do you think Thornton Beresfield have got the opportunity to upset Dora Creek if Dora Creek are light on numbers here? Um, yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. They're a good young side, uh, Dora, uh, Thornton Beresfield. Um, very fit side as well. Uh, and when, we played, when I played them a few weeks back or five weeks back, yeah, they sort of just keep coming at you. Well structured and yeah, once again just young, fit and enthusiastic. So definitely is their chance um, to upset the leaders at home. And yeah, I'd, I'd probably if Dora Creek don't come with their full strength team, I'm TSA Thornton might get them. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one to watch. It may yet get cancelled, obviously, just depending on Dora Creek's numbers with the COVID restrictions extended. But one that is scheduled to go ahead, and I think this one will be an interesting one. And obviously, a key game for the side sitting right behind you is. Uh, South Newcastle, they head up to Curry on Friday night. You guys played up at Curry the other Friday night. It's uh, really no matter what the level of Curry side at the moment is, it's, it's not an easy place to go and play. Nah, the good old graveyard, yeah. It's sort of hard place to play and they, they always seem to lift Curry. doesn't matter where they're coming um, on the competition ladder. So, yeah, I dare say it'll be a tough game for whoever whoever travels up there. And, yeah, Curry, as you said, they're no easy back to home. Yeah, you'll certainly be hoping that um, it'd be a great result for yourselves if you can chalk that win and uh, Curry could knock off South because it'd give you a bit of a buffer behind you in that fifth spot. But um, it, it's certainly anyone's game. You know, you guys sit on in fifth on nine points. Curry back on in eighth on five points. As you've shown, a few wins all of a sudden together can see you rocket up that ladder. So all those sides, especially with a couple of games against each other to come, will be eyeing off, knocking you off in fifth spot. So as much as you're hunting those guys above you, you've probably got to stay fairly switched on uh, in terms of continuing to chalk wins on the way home. Yeah, definitely, definitely, as you said. Apart from probably the top two teams, I think it's pretty much open until, until that spot and third down right to, to the bottom place. So, um, 
yeah, just as long as you keep winning, mate. As long as you keep winning and, and sort of gaining them points, I think um, you should be sweet. But as you said before, anyone can turn up on any day with this competition and beat anyone. So, um, yeah, it's going to be sort of a tough run. We've got five weeks left, so or five games left. And, yeah, if we win five games, I dare say we'll be there in the semi-finals when the whips are cracking. Yeah, it's much easier if you take control of your own destiny. Well, mate, thank you very much for your time tonight. And, um, again, we encourage everyone that can, Saturday afternoon from 2.30, get three games back-to-back at Tomary Oval, uh, celebrating NAIDOC Week and, and the Indigenous community. Uh, make sure, obviously, that we do it all in a COVID-safe manner, wearing masks. But, mate, um, I would suggest you'll have the canteen going. And the good news for anyone that turns up with, a, with um, COVID rules, if they are buying food and eating it, then they don't need to have the mask on. So the more, more they put... Uh, money over the canteen there, the uh, more food they can get through and the more they can keep those masks off while they're eating. Yeah, definitely, mate. Nah, it should be a great day. And, yeah, hopefully we can get as many fans out there as possible to, uh, to celebrate a great week. Excellent, mate. Well, all the best for this weekend and for the rest of the season. I'm sure I'll catch you around the traps before the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, again, thanks for coming on the show tonight. Not a, not a problem, mate. Thanks for having me. Okay, we're back with our second part of the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League coverage for this week. A big thanks to Joey Griffiths from the Northern Hawks uh, for breaking apart the A grade and their big NAIDOC week celebration that's coming up this week. We now move into the B grade competition and we are fortunate enough to have uh, a man of uh, many talents. He's a very versatile player. He, uh, in his younger days, has played in the halves and other different spots. He's moved into the forwards now predominantly as a lock. He's even cameoed in the front row a couple of times. He'll play wherever he needs to uh, for his current club, which is the Windale Eagles. We're joined by none other than Corey Baker. Bakes, thanks for the bit of your time, mate. Too easy, mate. Thanks for having me on. No problem at all, mate. Uh, now, you're obviously fairly familiar. You've listened into the show plenty of times when your you're, uh, good mate, Matty Richards, is uh, doing one of his many cameos on here. And, mate, he's, <laughs> uh, he's taken a few stabs. So I won't be surprised if you uh, take an opportunity to get Matty back. And you will note that we had the Northern Hawks on before and Matty wasn't the chosen guest. No, no, no. He's too busy and he's with his airlock, mate. He's, uh, he's just got to stick to that, not the footy. <laughs> yeah, lovely. We didn't put out the questions for him because I was worried he was going to stitch up too heavily and uh, as would have some of the other Windale boys. But, mate, uh, speaking about Windale, it's been a bit of an up-and-down season, but uh, you're coming off the back of what was probably uh, a fairly impressive win to be involved in on the weekend in an absolute cracker against Swansea. Yeah, for sure. We, we, uh, we're getting a bit frustrated just not getting the win close and... Had a few players out, but we finally had a pretty decent side on the weekend. Oh, I've always had a good side, but I've always got folks away and whatever. But um, having Robbie Payne help us out down there now as well, he's, he's been a good inclusion, uh, as well as Cagey's motivation to get us up and going. And, yeah, we finally put it together, so we just need to keep it going. I have heard some rumours about some of Cagey's speeches of recent times have been... Uh... Uh, fairly inventive and uh, illustrative with his, with his choices of terms. He's uh, got a real way with words sometimes, and uh, I think there was something involving maybe saucepans or something in a recent halftime chat. <laughs> yeah, Casey, he's uh, one of a kind, mate. He's, he's good to have. I've always I've always watched him, never been coached by him really, and then um, yeah, no, he's just, he's just good. He's just a good motivator and loves it. He's a real passionate sort of bloke. So yeah. He is very passionate, wears his heart in his sleeve. It's gotten him probably in a little bit of strife. He's probably a bit more uh, channeled with it these days. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, he's a great character, as you know, as there are many of them around the uh, the local rugby league scene. But he's a great character that I always like to cross paths with and have a chat with. Uh, he's got some interesting and varied thoughts on the rugby league game. And he's produced a couple of decent uh, offspring as well that, uh, you know, at different points uh, to pull on that window jersey. 
Oh yeah, they're they're um definitely his sons, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Dano, well, Dano doesn't play very often, but oh mate, every time he plays, there's something interesting happens. So uh, it's good to have him, but it's good to have him there. Dano's probably the best example of the apple not falling too far from the tree, isn't he? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Mate, um, obviously a bit of a change of clubs for you this year being out at Windale. A few of you boys have gone out there, um, you know, guys that have got ties to the club. I know you've got some mates there, including a man uh, in Heath Donahue who we'll probably see back on the paddock at long last in the next week or two. Uh, mate, uh, how's it been going out there? And, you know, you talked about how it's going now, but how was it at the start of the year and obviously settling into that new, new side with those guys out there? Yeah, no, I always wanted, they always sort of go, come on, come down to Windale and I, you know, I always wanted to at least do it once. So I thought this would be the year because, you know, a few of my um, other mates like Ron Wilson and Dredzy, like Josh Brett and that. So they're all down there, Dano. So I thought oh, I might as well give it a go. And, uh, yeah, it's good having Heathy and his brother. It's a, Yeah, they're all what, close mates. So at the start, it was like we always wanted to win, no doubt. But uh, we just went to a bit of a slump and couldn't couldn't quite get there. But now I reckon it's a good vibe down there now. So we should be, should be making a little run against the two of the teams, hopefully. Yeah, mate, you touch on, obviously, Heath and having his brother there. Having the two best Donahues is always handy, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, well, Kurt, you know, Kurt want to make our side. He's no good in our side. So. We've got, we got Travis and Heathy, which, uh, yeah, they're not too bad. Yeah, mate. Um, so, in terms of the side at the moment, obviously, looking at where you sit on, uh, on the current B-grade ladder, uh, a little bit of work to be done sitting in sixth spot. Uh, that win on the weekend obviously tightens it up. Uh, you now sit one point behind Aberglasson, so um, probably a good result in terms of, um, and that's with the, the, this week's COVID draw taken into account, which we'll get into in a little bit, but probably a, a good result in terms of tightening it up and um, you know giving you guys a bit of a shot at the finals. But it's, it's quite contested still and congested there because Glendale are only two points behind you as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Glendale, I think we play them next week, so... I uh, didn't play that first game, but Jesus, they got some got some big forwards in there, so uh, that'd be that'd be good fun being in the middle there. Uh, yeah, we've got to watch them for sure. Um, and Aberglass, yeah, it's all it's all a pretty close comp, really. There's no real separation sort of thing at the moment. So yeah, it's interesting looking at the ladder and having seen some of the results that you know pretty much on it, on any given day, any side can roll over another. And we know Aberglass is probably a great example in terms of you know they've got quite a lot of shift workers and different things and. You know, looking at your side, you've, you've been very close, you know, a number of games by, you know, six or eight points where you've gone down last week, probably uh, the turning point in terms of hopefully for your side in terms of uh, swinging that around. But yeah, as I said, Aberglass and, you know, it's not that long ago that they, um, I think they picked Dudley at Dudley and, and we've seen a few of those sorts of results. So there's not much that separates sides on a good day. Nah, for sure. Yeah, Aberglass and yeah, they've got, like you said, they've got the shift workers. So you don't know what side they'll produce on the day. Similar to us and away because we've got like all the boys that work away roofing and you know things like that so yeah that's why it's, a, it's an even comp and you just got to get them on the day hopefully hopefully they're all out all the, all the good players are out when we're playing <laughs> they just get through <laughs> yeah well, that's it it's getting the finals and then you know as we saw with Aberglassen last year they snuck into the finals in B grade and then went on a run so you can't underestimate anyone on their day especially once it gets to finals footy but we've still got a few weeks to get to to get there let's have a quick run through we talked about last last week's result for you 14-10 over Swansea in an absolute arm wrestle the other results mate your old side Dudley 30-10 to 10 winners against Shortland Shortland have been pretty impressive since they've come up into B grade so that's a, a really solid result for the, for Dudley on the road yeah the Dudley are yeah Dudley and Shorty are they're real good and especially Dudley Kirky we good mate he's got them 
going up pretty well up there. So, um, yeah, they've, they've got some good players like Joel Williams. He's a machine. Well, Spicer at Hooker, they've got a, and all the, the Buller boys, I suppose, that have come over, they're pretty handy, eh? So that's a good challenge for us, yeah. Yeah, certainly. Nick Hoare having a day out at 5-8 last week, two tries and five goals, not too bad. Um, you'd certainly take that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, watched, I, I watched him uh, when they played play Budgie Boy not too long, a few weeks ago, and I went up there and watched him. He scored four tries, I think. Oh, Jesus. He's not, he's not too bad. Pretty handy. Man to watch. The other result, which was probably a surprise for many, but again, it probably, you know, without wanting to take away from university, probably reflected a few Aberglassen guys not being available, but university, led by Jared Rodimer, absolutely tore Aberglassen apart in, you know, a bo- result that will massively bolster their foreign against 58 to 12 um, there at the university. I mean, they're a tough side to beat on any given day of the university, but they obviously put on a clinic 11 tries to two there, mate. Yeah, they're, they're going real well. Um, the big front row, I forget his name, but um, he's, a, he's a meat act. He just goes all day. And Well, when we played in Rodimer, he was playing hooker. I'm not too sure if he was in the halves on the weekend. But, yeah, they've got another good half as well, and he just digs in the line. So they're, they're, pretty, they're just fit. They just go all the time. So they're not, they're not necessarily big. That's, yeah, that's how they get it done, sort of. I was going to say, it'd probably be the closest match-up to the sort of way you guys go about it as well in terms of, you know, most sides would talk about you being a, probably a, a smaller side as we saw on the weekend. You know, Swansea had a bit of size over you, but uh, plenty of fitness for most of you blokes. I'm not sure about the old bloke in the number seven on the weekend, but most of the guys get around pretty well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, that, no, that's it. Yeah, uni are very, they're very similar to us, I reckon, in size and fitness levels and things like that. So, yeah, pretty, pretty even with them boys. Um, and obviously the other game, Budgie Boy and Glendale being a COVID draw, mate. So that leaves the competition ladder. Dudley jump up into top spot on 19, Shortland on 18, Newcastle Uni on 14, Swansea 12, Aberglass and 10. You guys sitting on eight leading into this COVID buy that you'll get. Uh, Glendale on seven and Budgie Boy on four. So you'll go to nine and Budgie Boy to five there. And then obviously the other results to come. Uh, we might have a quick look too at the uh, leaderboard. And that man we talked about before, Nick Hall, sits on top of the try scorers list with 10 tries. Um, from Braden Peachy from Budgeway with nine. Uh, got to go down to Liam Backus, mate, the little fella from Windale, sitting in equal fourth with six. Um, and then, unfortunately, it's, uh, it's, a, it's stepping back a fair way. A, a surprise contender here in equal sixth place, Matt Garrick on four tries, mate. Does that, does that stat surprise you? Well, that, that does, actually. No, he, he's, a, he's out wide. He does a little cheeky dummy and backs up when he can. He, uh, yeah, he's going well. And then looking at the top point scorers, Nick Hoare is 32 points clear, 116 points already this season. He's having an absolute field day, he is. so. Yeah, he doesn't miss. Oh, he doesn't miss when he played us. I think he got every conversion, so yeah. Yeah, I so understand that. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to scroll down and, and find someone from Windale and Joel Lovkin on 30, mate. So um, there's a chance well, for you yet if you can get a few few meat pies, mate. A little Burmy, he's another one that doesn't miss. He's, he's he got good with a kick. Hopefully they don't put the mocker on him, but he went good on the weekend. He's going well. Yeah, so um, so that, that's how those sit. Uh, let's have a look at the draw for this weekend, mate, and uh, get your thoughts on on the games. Uh, first of all, Windale, obviously, as we talked about, were scheduled to go down to Budgie Way on a Sunday, which you know Newcastle and Hunters boys are normally not too keen for a Sunday game, but I'm sure you guys would have been eyeing off the two points rather than splitting them. Yeah, yeah, we we did want to play that. When was it meant to be Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Yeah, right. Well, there you go. Well, might there have dodged a bullet, mate. Now, is, it, is there some social yeah. bonding going on this weekend or are you heading to watch another game? What's the plan for the boys? Uh, we're watching the McGregor fight. I don't know about any footy. <laughs> so, Pri- priorities. That's it. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, there's not a Friday night one that you can kick off the weekend with. It would have been good if Swansea and Aberglassen was Friday night and that is the, the first game that we'll have a look at, mate. This one will be an interesting one. 
guessing with, again, you know, it's a guessing game with Aberglassen as to who they'll have back, but normally they're sort of almost week on, week off to an extent. So uh, those boys will certainly be primed to be trying to bounce back from that result last week, as will Swansea. So this one will be an interesting encounter and certainly be physical. Yeah, I, I reckon that'll be, um, that'll be a pretty tight game. As you said, just depends who Aberglassen get, but the um, Swansea will... They always they always play pretty good out there, so uh, I reckon the Swansea boys might get might get the win. But yeah, we'll have to, it'll be a good game. I have to wait and see. Next up, mate, we've got the uh, two point scoring machine sides from last week: Newcastle University hosting Dudley out at the campus. Uh, mate, uh, this one will be an interesting clash. Um, as you said, uh, the halves battle here will be uh, quite a good one. With we talked about Nick Hoare obviously playing for uh, Dudley in the six jersey and. Uh, some of those other players, and Michael Richardson at seven, coming up against Tyler Kearsey and Jared Rodimer if they uh, stick with their halves combos from last week. Yeah, this this one probably be the best game going, I feel. Um, yeah, I reckon it's going to be very close. Probably, I'd, I'd dare say Dudley probably just get up, but I reckon it'll be very close, yeah. I think there might be plenty of points in that one. Uh, and the final game of the round that'll go ahead is Glendale taking on Shortland out at Bower Oval. It's the uh, two clubs that are, are West feeder sides. Uh, coming up against each other. And uh, look, Shortland will probably go in as reasonable favourites, but Glendale have been in um, some reasonable form over the last couple of weeks and uh, certainly have shown in different games that they can mix it with other sides. But, uh, I mean, they knocked off Swansea only two weeks ago, kept Uni in an arm wrestle two weeks before that, um, and, and have gotten close to yourselves and Aberglass in recent weeks as well. So I'm not expecting this will be a repeat of the 50-12 to 12, um, result when these two met earlier in the year. Yeah, that's... They're um, Glendale. They're, they're sneaky good. When we played them, we we both played terrible. Like we couldn't complete the sets. Um, it was a very, I think it was like ten. I don't even know the score. Twelve six or something. Anyway, they they couldn't catch it. We couldn't catch it. So yeah, they might be. Um, they might have. Signed, I don't know. Did they sign anyone or? Oh, I think, sure. I think they've, they've brought a couple in, but not, nothing huge. I think they've just they've, they've brought in some um, some assistance around the uh, steering the ship. Uh, they've brought in uh, Troy Forbes, who's playing in their lower grade side as an experienced half. I think might have just settled some patterns and different things alongside their coach Benny Robertson. So uh, yep. they've certainly got a big pack with a couple of the uh, couple of big boys there. With um, I can't think of his first name, Tolia Fo- the two Tolia Fowler brothers. Um, yeah, who, they're, they're from Pillar to Post. So um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fairly physical with uh, the pack that Shortland's got as well. Yeah, Tungy will be in for. Uh, he'll have. He'll be able to score body the next day, and Jaden Tung. <laughs> he, cer- he certainly will, mate. Um, he came out with an injury the other day, so I'm not even certain that he'll be playing. But uh, if he is, then. But we know they've got plenty of forward rotation coming off their bench as well. Uh, the boys from Glendale, so that one will be a cracker. I think all three games this weekend. As I said, it's a great thing about this competition at the moment is pretty much you can pick any game on any weekend and you can turn up and it should be a, a cracking encounter. Whether it's just seeing you know a team in full flight with you know putting the points on like Uni did last weekend or a physical grind uh, arm wrestle classic old school rugby league game like yours against Swansea last week, mate. So um, look, looking at the, uh, the the run ahead for Windale, mate. Um, obviously, as you said, you know you're needing to start to put some wins on the board in the final few rounds if you are wanting to be involved in some September footy. And uh, you've got Shortland and Dudley both in that run home. Uh, Glendale and Aberglassen as well. So you've got that opportunity to beat the sides around you, but also to, I guess, measure yourself against the top sides. And three, your next three are all at home, which will be a, a big uh, lift up for your boys. Yeah, definitely. Playing at home is massive. Well, well oh, we, should, we, should, we should be going better than what we were, but definitely at home, just just that little bit better on you, on yourself, knowing that, you know, get the win there in the sheds is just a better feel. And it's, so, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to turn one on and make a little run for it. And, uh, yeah, move our way up the ladder, hopefully. 
Yeah, undoubtedly, mate. Uh, the Windale Faithful continue to swarm around. Uh, you do get a good crowd down there at McBird Oval. So hopefully with a couple of wins coming, they'll uh, continue to come in in bigger and bigger numbers and uh, support the club. So, mate, enjoy the weekend off. A big thanks for your time today. Uh, well, I'll let you go. I know you're heading off to uh, catch up with some of your teammates to watch the, uh, the, the zoo fight tonight. So enjoy that, mate. And, uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, good luck for the rest of the year. And I'm sure I'll see you around the traps before the end of season 2021. Too easy. Cheers, Chris. Thanks for that. A big thanks to Corey Baker from the Windale Eagles and our prior guests, Joey Griffiths from the Northern Hawks and Matt Moon from the Macquarie Scorpions. But uh, as we kicked off the show, and we do like to wrap up the show, I bring back my co-host, Josh Spiegelman, and now it's time to dig deep into some NRL action. And, uh, mate, uh, Newcastle is going to be the epicentre of everything. Not only have we uh, got the origin confirmed, which we'll get into in a moment, but uh, Souths have brought a home game up here on Friday night. Yeah, South will be there against the Cowboys. Um, hopefully, as myself, won't be coming up to the Origin. Hopefully, no South diehards travel up either. Obviously, not allowed to. But, um, yeah, it'd be good for the, the people of Newcastle to get out and enjoy a bit of a game. I'm not sure of the restrictions on that South game, though, mate. Is that at 50% or... I think last last I heard, it would still be at 50% Origin to be at 75%. But, yeah, so, look, there's plenty of South fans everywhere and, and probably a few Cowboys fans as well around, so hopefully they get a good crowd in there. That By my maths, once you take out the hills and stuff, works out to about fourteen or 15,000. So, look, even if they can get five to 8,000 in there, it's going to be more than they would have got had they played at the originally scheduled venue of Stadium Australia. So, uh, works really well. Works well for the Cowboys not having to go into Sydney as well, so I'm sure they'll be happy with that. But, yeah, um, I think uh, there might not be many Cowboys fans left from last week, as we'll soon talk about. <laughs> yeah, it's a, has a, not not exactly a happy hunting ground, McDonald Jones Stadium for them. So I'm not sure whether their uh, their boys are going to be keen to revisit those demons or maybe just try and turn them over. And we, we may as well start off with this one now that we're on it, mate. And we'll jump back to Thursday night and the Rabbitohs dollar fifteen favourite. So plenty of uh, plenty of juice about the Cowboys if you want to take them. They will be without both sides without a few of their stars. Um, obviously. The uh, Francis Molo, Hammersite, Tabu, Fido, Fido and Valentine Holmes all in the Queensland squad now. Um, and then Damian Cook, Cameron Murray uh, and Latrell Mitchell playing for New South Wales from South. Dane Gagai and Jai Arrow for New South Wales, uh, for Queensland. I'm just tripping over my teams it's, and it's not even that late at night tonight, mate. I'm on fire. <laughs> no, it's all good, mate. Yeah, I think, um, well, based on what I saw last week, Hammersite, Tabuai Fido for the Cowboys was, for me, their danger man. Obviously, everyone knows the potential he's got. So, a bit of a surprise call. Not really a surprise call for Queensland, how struggling they are in the centres. But without him, the Cowboys, I think, will lack that. Um, it, you know, obviously, scoring the big donut last week, they didn't have much strike power. But he looked the most likely with a really nice couple of those chips. So I haven't seen that in rugby league for a while, that confidence. And um, reminded me a bit of um, Tahu's skill set, ability, that one. But... Yeah, this will be a south tip for me here. Um, even with the players they're missing, uh, I mean, the odds speak for themselves. I don't think they're a deeper squad. Um, yeah, Benji at Hooker's, um, he's done that once once or twice before this season. But um, yeah, yeah, and they've obviously retained their spine with um, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds missing out on Origin. So I think they'll just have a bit too much for the Cowboys here. Yeah, certainly be interesting to see. We see uh, Blake Tarfe come in for his second game and his first start. So... Uh, well done to him for South. He'll start. He's named to start at fullback, so it'll be interesting to see if they run with that uh, or whether AJ goes back to fullback or Tane Milne can, can play there as well. So, uh, But, yeah, it's hard to pick this Cowboys side. They haven't been at their best, and you take out 
probably a couple of their best performers. Valentine at his best is one of their best performers, but hasn't always been there. But as you said, uh, the Hammer and uh, big Francis Mola have both been standouts for them this year. So, um, yeah, they're certainly going to have their work cut out for them. I do see Lachlan Burr come into their bench again. And, uh, look, he's been uh, pretty pretty solid at other clubs, but we haven't seen the best of him at the Cowboys. So it'll be interesting to see. But I would think that uh, Souths and Souths by a couple of tries here and uh, the Cowboys will hopefully just add some salt to their wounds about uh, how much they dislike McDonald Jones Stadium. So when they come back again next time, the Knights have a nice little psychological advantage even further. Let's jump back to Thursday night, mate. And uh, look, my, my Raiders are in absolute disarray. Uh, they head up to Four Pines Park at Brookvale there to take on the Seagulls. It's fifth place, 13th. And if I had said to you at the start of the season, we were going to get to round 17 and it'd be fifth versus 13th, you'd think it was probably the other way around this game. Yeah, you would, mate. Yeah, I didn't know whether you were skipped this game on purpose to start out. Um, but yeah, the Raiders last week, I mean, I tipped them and they lost by 38 points against the Titans team who's been woeful in defence. They only conceded six, obviously. So something's stinky in the nation's capital, mate, hoping you can um, maybe identify it a bit more. But, you know, it's obvious in some aspects. When you lose your half, George Williams, you know, homesickness. You have to play Sam Williams, which is, a, I think everyone knows, a little bit of a downgrade of Williams. And then you, you, this week you bring in Matt Crawley as the halves pairing. It's not, you know, not going to set the world on fire. And then um, I guess Xavier Savage at fullback this week is a little bit of excitement there, mate. I heard you re-signed him recently as well, so you excited for that? Yeah, certainly, certainly an exciting young talent. And you know, there's been some positive. Uh, Seb Chris had a couple of lapses last week, but he's shown some excitement this year. So there is some guys coming through. Good to see Emre Gula getting a start as well. But I think we're just turning over numbers for the sake of it. Um, and to give you an idea of how desperate Raiders fans are, I'm in a few Raiders uh, forums on uh, Facebook. As undoubtedly you probably are Knights ones, and the the suggestions I've seen this week included signing Paul Vaughan, Josh Dugan, and playing Jared Croker at halfback. So, yeah, I, I, the, the scare the scary thing is that the the the, be, the best solution out of those three is actually probably playing Jared Croker at halfback because he can kick and doesn't have to tackle anymore. Well, unless you get Dugan on about 100k, mate. I mean, he's going to play about three games a year going forward. He's just, his body's just passed, I think, at the top level. But um, mate, exactly right. Min- minimum wage in a case of case of Bacardi breezes for a win. <laughs> He'll probably take that at this stage, mate. I, I, and just to take a little tangent, I saw uh, Robbie O'Davis on Facebook during the week saying that uh, bring back win bonuses. It'll minimise the blowouts. So. I reckon, I reckon that's uh, a great uh, strategy. Yes, it makes salary cap management a little bit harder, but, um, you know, just budget on, on, on winning more games than people expect you to, and you should be all right, you know. Um, at the end of the day, that's, you know, I think that adds some incentive, especially for some of these lower-ranked teams or lower-performing teams, the Raiders. Uh, and the Bulldogs are probably two of those that could certainly, you know, the Dragons are probably another one if, if they can field a line-up this week. Um, but, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm going to tip the Raiders, but yeah, like with absolutely no uh, no head in it, all emotion, and just hope for the absolute best. Yeah, you're not um you're not out of it. There. I'm sure a lot of people will join you there because obviously we know Tommy Turbo's influence on the Eagles this season. Clear to see last week when they scored 66 points. Um, and then you you couple out losing Cherry Evans, so that's your two most influential players, and they're they're playing Dylan Walker at seven. So yeah, that's... Sam Williams might be the best half on field here. That's what I was about to say. Jared, Jared Croker might have some hope after all. Um, a, a centre who's past his prime playing below his best uh, wearing a seven jersey. Sounds exactly the same. <laughs> At least Dows can goal kick a bit more accurately. Yeah, you never know, mate. Um, you know, on, on paper, you know, the teams do look, you know, reasonably 
uh, close, to be honest, talent-wise, but you just have to go off the back of, um, you know, the mental aspect of things. It's often been talked about in the papers recently, Canberra's, you know, mental lapses and something gone wrong there, whereas the public Manly's just, you know, obviously flying high. The old Seagulls, no pun intended. So, um, yeah, I'll be tipping the Eagles here. It's just too hard to tip against them. And, um, I won't say Brookvale, Paul Pines, as it's now called. Yeah, correct. you got to remember those sponsors, mate. So, um, and uh, this week we might actually see a bit more of uh, the third Trebojevic. Uh, not, a, not a bad uh, family to be a third one of, and uh, not many families where you see three of them come through. I'm trying to think the uh, last one that twigs to my mind would be the Walkers. Um, be, uh, sorry. Yeah, so the Walkers, which is now a fourth, uh, with Sam coming through being the uh, the older generation of Ben and Chris and Shane. Um but, uh, yeah, great to see Ben getting in for his fourth game off the bench and hopefully see a little bit more of him because he's looked impressive as he's got a few more minutes each week. Yeah, he's a big guy too, so um, I'm sure I'll have something off the bench for Manly there. Um, but, yeah, our tips are settled. Um, good luck to the Raiders this week. I always like seeing Manly lose, but, um, yeah, can't see it this week. Fingers crossed. It'll be nice and it won't hurt the uh, Knights finals hopes either. Another side they could close up on. This next one is another one that's uh, an absolute landslide in terms of the odds. It's a dollar ten. The Roosters away at Bankwest Stadium taking on the Bulldogs. And after you saw what they dished up last week against Manly, I know they welcomed back a few players from their COVID-enforced uh, hiatuses, but I just don't see that, you know, those players that they do welcome back in. When you read through the list of ins, there's no one here. Um, even Dylan Narper at his best doesn't really, you know, fill you with confidence when you've got Aaron Shoup, Corey Waddell, Dylan Narper, Offahiki Ogden, Renoff Atoni and Sione Katoa. Uh, none of them are really knocking down the door as you're going, geez, they're going to turn around 66 points. No, definitely not, mate. And on the flip side of that, you know, obviously the Roosters welcome back Victor the Inflictor, who might last two, two minutes until he gets suspended again. But in the meantime, that's a huge in for them when, they already, when, they've, when they've lost, obviously, Teddy um, in the fullback position there um, for Origin. So, yeah, yeah, obviously Roosters tip for me here. Manu at fullback, you know, he, he's spectacular at fullback as, as he is centre as well. So he'll... Um, cause the dog's issues all game. Uh, I don't know why they're persisting with Flanagan, the Avarillo 6 and 7. I thought, um, you know, that, that could be changed up a bit. They got Lock and Lewis in the extended reserves. But yeah, they're, they're just struggling for troops. I mean, surely Barrett's thinking you might strap the old boots on, mate. <laughs> Maybe come back and give him a bit of a kick up in the half. Yeah, something. <laughs> Who would have thought they'd be begging for Kieran Foran to come back? Um, but yeah, as you say, the, the Roosters, look, you know, they have those couple of absences uh, with Origin and you know, the players they bring in, as you said, Manu goes to fullback. We saw Billy Smith, um, you know, the best of him probably last year when he first came through. He looks pretty handy in the centres as well. Ikevalu's been a gun when he's gone onto the wing, so he'll be strong. Um, and Nat Butcher comes onto the bench alongside his brother Egan. Um, you know, probably their lightest gap is probably around the, the sixth jersey where they've got Drew Hutchinson and then Lachlan Lamb coming off the bench. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly uh, there's not a lot missing with the Roosters at, at this point. Um in terms of the way they're shaping up. And you'd have to think that that ten favouritism is well and truly deserved. Uh, I just don't know where the Bulldogs go to from here, unfortunately. Uh, they may find themselves in that disaster recovery position for another year or two yet to come. But hopefully those signings they've got coming on board next year uh, will turn them around. But I'm sure Matt Burton and Josh Adokar are scratching their heads as to whether or not the big num- numbers on those contracts they signed are going to be worth it. Yeah, I don't know if it is, mate. I mean, I always like, you know, recruiting forwards first and backs and the Bulldogs seem to go on the complete opposite route here and when you're offering backs that much money obviously with contract as well how much money do you have left for the forwards so it could be a period of purgatory here for the dogs for another five plus years you know 
I just can't see them lifting into that top eight anytime soon. So rough time to be a Dogs fan, but um, yeah, good luck to them. Yeah, certainly. Talking about forward signings uh, and the Roosters, Isaac Liu, I saw today, signed with the Titans. So if their pack's not already big enough, physical and mobile enough, throw him in there as well. And uh, they're, um, yeah, it's going to be a terrifying time. You, you, even if you get away with two points at the Gold Coast, you're quite possibly going to get bashed to death by that absolutely massive forward pack they're going to have next year. Yeah, and hopefully for the Titans' sake, you might bring some, um, you know, defensive leadership. It obviously comes from a winning culture. The Roosters have been there for a while now and, um, yeah, might add some steel to that defence, which is quite inconsistent up there, which is probably holding the Titans back from really challenging anyone seriously at the back end of the year. Yeah, correct. Uh, let's move on to the fourth game of the round and we'll wrap it up in terms of the NRL. This one, I don't even know how you tip this one. They're sitting in eighth place, but after losing to the Broncos, uh, I don't think they should be eligible for finals. The Sharks, they're a sixty favourites against the Warriors, who, you know, the Warriors are up there. I know the Dragons are the absolute bee in your bonnet, so you should be a good chance to get four from four this week. But the Warriors and Tigers are with them for just being unpredictable. It looked like the Warriors were going to run rampant last week before they uh, fell away. And, uh, yeah, it's... Um, I just, I just don't know what else you can say in regards to this side. But the Sharks, uh, welcome back in. Andrew Fafita and Will Chambers into their squad. Uh, uh, Fafita on the extended bench. Chambers obviously back into the centres. Uh, while for the Warriors, they have uh, Cody Nicarima uh, back into the halves alongside Sean O'Sullivan. That doesn't exactly fill you with confidence, that halves pairing, mate. No, it doesn't. Obviously, Chad Townsend made his debut last week. Infamously uh, went for a field goal inappropriately. Um, at the end of the match there, kind of cost them the game. And believe it or not, I actually tipped the Dragons who did me a solid last week. So they're back in my good book. <laughs> but um, aside from that, yeah, the, uh, I, I might tip um, the Sharks here just based on that bounce back factor. You know, they know they're in the, the, the fight of their lives for the top eight. Losing to Brisbane is going to give them a kick up the backside. Um, I like Connor Tracy at six. You know, Moreland was kind of a last minute withdrawal last week. So Trindle had to play there. You know, Tracy's been on the wing and at centre, but he is more of a half. And then you add in the defensive, you know, tenacity of Will Chambers in the centres. Um, you know, yeah, I think that'll do well for them there. Um, I am a little bit worried. So obviously, the Warriors, you know, they got Reese Walsh at fullback uh, come back. And, um, you know, Cody Nicarima's a live boy, man. He breaks the game open. But and also, let's not forget to mention the debut of Matt Lodge for the Warriors in the forward pack this week. Yeah, of course, up front, they've uh, certainly uh, assembled a who's who of uh, people that have had some interesting off-field opinions and issues in uh, Fenua Blake, <laughs> Lodge, Armow and Kane Evans. So, uh, yeah, they certainly be, uh, you know, you think the Dragons are an exciting bunch when they have a party together during COVID. Uh, who knows what the uh, Warriors could get up to. It's like uh, assembling, you know, the likes of uh, Dugan and co all together in one team, which would be very unwise, but... Yeah, I certainly think the the Warriors could be absolute diamonds or dust. A shame to see Chad Townsend after going over there as a stopover on his way to uh, Townsville. And when I say over there, of course, we are talking over to Gosford. Um, that he picked up that AC joint in, in, injury. Tohu Harris, another big out for them. So, look. Yeah, I was going to mention Harris is the one I, I forgot to mention before. It was a big decision why I tipped the Sharks here. He, you know, he's their, you know, Simon Mannering back in the day. He's their leader in that pack there and, you know, probably keeps blokes like Adam Spanua Blake and Matt Lodge from boiling over at points with his, um, you know, steady head and leadership. So he'll be a big out for them. Um, part of the reason I go to Sharks here. Yeah, he certainly will. I think a lot will fall onto Jazz Tavanga's shoulders. And look, tipping, tipping wise, I'm taking the Sharks. If you told me I had to put my last $20 on this game, I'd probably put it on the Warriors just because they're, they're the outsider and a little bit more value. And I, 
really think it's not much more than a flip of a coin game. So uh, they're not huge value, but if yeah, if I was going to take something there, I'd probably do that. But yeah, I'll tip the Sharks to win, but with, again, a lot most of my tips, realistically, no real confidence. Yeah, that's fair enough. But um, yeah, this one's a hard one to tip. You know, it's the end, end of the week. You can't really claim a full round when you get four out of four, but this will probably ruin a fair few people's tips for the week. Certainly will, and uh, there'll be a few sides here uh, that will be very happy out of the remaining eight sides to take the buy, none more so than the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons and the West Tigers after the recent runs they've had. Uh, St. George Illawarra, unfortunately, most of theirs isn't on the field, but uh, we'll probably leave that well enough alone. We've touched on Paul Vaughan and the fact that he will now be on the market as to whether or not clubs will be allowed to sign him after June 30. I'm not sure. Um, he may uh, even... Well, I mean, he's going to have to serve that eight games anyway that the NRL's handed down to him, so he wouldn't be available to finals. So I think the only team that might be uh, keen enough to sign him would be the Warriors at this stage. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, mate. Yeah, that party ended up costing the bloke uh, half a million dollars in contracts and fines. So, yeah, not the, not the wisest decision. It makes you wonder sometimes. Um, Benji put out a video, I think it was one of those shows, maybe NRL 360, I can't recall, but, you know, just sort of like an impassioned plea to the players, like, basically what are you doing like people's lives rely on that's not lives their, their work lives you know rely on the the presence of the game being played and um you know take that away people that lose their livelihood not just the players so it's irresponsible but we'll leave it at that yeah 100 percent. uh we must have uh, copied off the same run sheet mate because that was one of my few notes i had about the nrl this week i was really impressed by benji is the uh old wise owl amongst the players now and uh yeah, certainly talked about not only are they putting their own livelihoods at risk, as we've seen from uh, Paul Vaughan, but a COVID outbreak would see, you know, you know, the decimation of, of the industry, I guess, and all those other people, coaches, staff, and, you know, the players aren't the first ones that, that go without. Yeah, they take some pay cuts if, if COVID hits again, but, you know, there's staff that are cut off, and, you know, there was staff last time. So, you know, it's the coaching staff, the guys that, you know, do all those bits and pieces around the club uh, that keep the clubs going, that they're the first ones to go, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, again, Benji... I uh, find myself agreeing more and more when I see him talking about rugby league. So he might be the next uh, iteration of uh, Matthew Johns, I think, in terms of uh, having that uh, balance of the lightheartedness uh, when necessary, but also having the real in-depth pull-apart and understanding of the game and the broader issues that affect it. Yeah, definitely. He's got a great career in media. If he wants to go that avenue, I think, Benji. So, yeah, look forward to that. Certainly, mate. Uh, Let's move along and really briefly talk about it. We touched on it briefly in the uh, sort of introduction to this segment, but it's exciting. First, it was Townsville as the first city outside of Brisbane to host an origin in Queensland, and now it'll be Newcastle, the first city outside of Sydney in New South Wales to host an origin, joining an elite list of um, cities that have they've hosted it outside those two major centres. Exactly, mate. And, you know, this should have happened years ago based on the contribution that Newcastle's given state of origin both teams really, but more so the Blues, you know, obviously Joey and Benji lifting that shield and you got, you know, stars like current stars Ponger, old stars like Robbie O for Queensland. It's just, you know, it makes you a bit upset that they go to cities. I understand financially, you know, Perth, Melbourne beforehand, but, you know, obviously with the stadium capacity too, but this is a great opportunity for people in Newcastle to enjoy a well-deserved, you know, pinnacle of the sport that the whole city loves. And, um, you know, it's what the city's about, rugby league. So, yeah, well-deserved. Certainly, mate. And, and just a little stat for you. One-sixth of all the people that have captained New South Wales have played for Newcastle, as well as Boyd Cordner being the fourth who comes from the the junior drawing area of the Knights. So um, if that doesn't tell you how much uh, origin belongs up here, then uh, not much else does. And, you know, we'll, we'll claim Wayne Pierce while we're at it since his son plays here, hey? <laughs> 
yeah, sounds good, mate. That's a great stat. And um, yeah, but it's, you know, I know it's a big region. It's that you know, it's a great junior nursery, and um, yeah, it's great to see players like that go through all the way to the top. And now it's great to see the fans be rewarded too. And it's a uh, my own fault. I moved to Sydney for work, so kicking myself. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine, mate. But yeah, as I said, forty-two years of origin now, and uh, only eighteen men have captained the Blues, and and three of them being. Obviously, that run that we had of Joey, Bedsy, and Kurt. Uh, admittedly, a lot of people will, will uh, quickly dismiss Kurt because most of his captaincy seem to be wearing the number 14 jersey. Uh, but, uh, yeah, certainly, you know, it's great to see. And, you know, some of those other players that we've gone from, you know, the early days of Mark Sargent, as you said, through to the current days of Daniel Saifidi, who's taken up that leadership role uh, with the Blues pack. So, uh, and he'll be sorely missed this game coming up. But uh, we will obviously pull this apart a little bit uh uh, more, I guess, talk about the game next week. It'll be in wrap-up, unfortunately, just because of where we sit. But uh, I think we're both probably tipping and we'll just keep it to a result. Made a, a Blues clean sweep. And uh, as the, as I saw um, some, the uh, New South Wales Blues post today in uh, what will change from this Wednesday being Zoo Castle to being next Wednesday Blues Castle. Yes, mate. Good old Blue Castle. Yeah, uh, win for the Blues here for me. I don't want to see him lose at Newcastle, even with the big out. Um, bit bit annoying that you know Mitch Moses is the half and obviously D sapped out as you mentioned. Um, big news for the Knights, obviously with that rib injury, could be out for up to a month. So um, we didn't get a chance to take apart the Knights Cowboys game. But I'll just put, just say that you know we're a bit unlucky with our injuries this year. We get a healthy spine back and then we lose our best forward. Um, but obviously you know Jacobs picked up a lot of that um, you know form as well and he he'll help carry us forward. And Clemmer will come back in. So um, excited for the Knights in the coming weeks. Excited for a clean sweep for the Blues, mate. Yeah, it certainly was a good clinical performance, as you said, with that first-choice spine. And I, I'm, I, I apologise, I did skip over that. Um, but as you say, you know, I, I, I honestly think they should have just played the old uh, old Swifty. And uh, as soon as DSAF knew he was injured, just sent Jacob down to play under his name. The way, <laughs> the way he's playing, I don't think they would have missed too much. No, I, I think he's pretty close. And, um, you know, I understand they brought in, uh, you have to help me with the name here, uh, Stefano from the Tigers, the big front rower. Utakamano. Yeah, he's been in the junior rep side for the Blues. I understand it. You know, give him a bit of exposure like Colin Matungi for South. But, um, you know, Jacob is, is surely above him in current form. I know playing for the Tigers is a bit of a handicap. Uh, so his form's probably not as visible as it would be elsewhere. But, you know, Jacob's... Uh, uh, sort of going on that trajectory that Daniel took. Obviously, he's been delayed with a few injuries, so really exciting. They could be, obviously, you know, our twin enforcers for years to come, but only, I think, 26, and we're looking to re-sign them, so really exciting there. Yeah, it certainly is. You know, the the, the, um, the age brackets of that forward pack for us, you know, obviously, um, Junior Paulo at uh, 27, Payne Haas, another local junior from Woodbury uh, at, uh, you know, he's only 21, which is absolutely terrifying. And then, you know, as you said, uh, Daniel Safidi and then Jacob have both got that opportunity to, to go through both 25 this year, you know, and only just turned 25 in May. So they've got a good six or seven years at least, you know, and if they're one of the, some of those props that uh, are evergreen, the likes of the Webkeys and Sivan Receivers, um, you know, they could quite well play to 33, 34. So you can imagine that forward pack that we could have for the next few years and, um, yeah, certainly great to see. And just just mentioning that, I did like uh, Terrigal Sharks uh, shared a nice shot from the weekend of, uh, I think it was the uh, two Safidi boys, Watson and uh, Scott Drinkwater, who've all come through uh, involved with Terrigal uh, in their junior years, mate. So uh, great to see your uh, neck of the, not not too far north of you, the middle ground for us. It's uh, under lockdown, having some positive lights with four juniors on the one field last week. Unfortunately, only three of them could uh, chalk the victory. 
yeah, that was a nice little photo there at the end. I saw on TV um, and say that together. So it's always good to see juniors from around the coast area up to Newcastle making to the big leagues. Certainly is, mate. And on that lovely, fuzzy, warm feeling note, uh, we'll wrap up our NRL uh, wrap for this week. Thank you again for your time, mate. Uh, I will let you uh, go and uh, rest up and hopefully get into some of the uh, Wallabies game if you've got the time. Otherwise, you might be just pulling apart some more stats and getting ready for a weekend where you uh, pull the two games that are left uh, in the Denton Engineering Cup apart with detail. Definitely, mate. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to that West Newcastle Central game based on West form and Central standing. That's going to be an absolute cracker of a match. And then obviously you've got the Scorps hungry for a win after a few weekends and no footy against Curry. So um, two great games there to... Um, to pull apart for me and for everyone to watch. Yeah, certainly, mate. Uh, no love lost between Central and West. Lots of players have traversed that divide. And uh, Macquarie and Curry, it's the Steve Kidd Cup. Uh, he's uh, won, been involved in titles and efforts up there and played uh, a number of years for Curry. So he'll undoubtedly uh, want to go up there and prove his point with the clipboard uh, with Macquarie. And uh, I know Kitty gets up to Curry when Macquarie aren't playing and uh, still has lots of mates up there who will undoubtedly be giving him... Uh, a fair bit of a razzing if uh, the Scorps do drop that one to the Bulldogs. <laughs> you think so, mate? And uh, hopefully some of my stats come in handy for them after that game. Or oh, you always want to see the Scorps do well. That's exactly right, mate. Well, again, thanks to you, mate. I will chat to you next week. And uh, let's go the Blues. And uh, hopefully the Knights boys enjoy their week off. Sweet, mate. Appreciate it. Chat next time. Well, that brings to a close another bumper episode of League Castle. A big thanks, of course, to my regular co-host, Josh Spiegelman, to our great partner in Johnny at Smart Artist. Uh, we've said it a couple of times on the show today, and uh, I stand by it. If you need someone to take those photos of your sporting event or general, or just event in general or to work with you on the promotions of your event, there is none better than Johnny at Smart Artists, so make sure you reach out and utilise his great services. And uh, as Josh rightfully said, and Johnny repeatedly quotes in his uh, posts, if it's not him, it's your mum's iPad, and we know the big difference between the two. So uh, get into uh, touch with uh, Johnny at Smart Artists and uh, utilise the services there. Uh, a big thanks to all of our guests, Matt Moon from the Macquarie Scorpions, Corey Baker from the Windale Eagles and Joey Griffiths from the Northern Hawks. Uh, plenty of great footy action out there this weekend. Make sure you get out and enjoy it. Jump onto our socials, League Castle AUS on Facebook, League Castle AU on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, send us a message and let us know who you'd like to hear on the show in the coming weeks and uh, make sure to keep engaging with our content and voting in our Club of the Year Grand Final, which will come up. Uh, on Friday this week so lots of exciting stuff alongside uh, a fair bit of footy this weekend make sure to get out as I said and support your team and enjoy your footy action they go to King, King will barge over will he get it down, yes he does there's the premiership Wilson runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe it's going to be to try Joy Jobson's got the try Window get their second You're listening to League Cup, Newcastle, Hunters, Hunters, Rugby League.